week on the Tech on Tap podcast, Ling Zhang and Charlotte Brooks join me to talk about NetApp's SnapDiff. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipor. Zipor. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house, and today we're going to talk about something we have not talked about here on the podcast before. I've wanted to, and I've been I've been having trouble finding people to talk about it, but I finally got it. We're going to talk about SnapDiff. So today, to talk about SnapDiff, we've invited two guests. Uh, one of them is the technical director here at NetApp. Uh, Ling Zheng is here. So Ling, uh, specifically, what do you do at NetApp, and how do we reach you? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a technical director at NetApp, and um, uh, I'm uh, responsible for the data protection area, particularly uh, working with uh, our partners. And uh, you can reach me through my email. Uh, my email ID is uh, L-I-N-G, my first name, at NetApp.com. All right, excellent. Also with us today, uh, Charlotte Brooks is here. Charlotte, what do you do at NetApp, and how do we reach you? G'day, Justin. Thanks uh, for having me on the show again. And uh, yeah, you can reach me at Twitter uh, at S-H-A-L-L-O-T underscore B, or uh, my email is L-O-T-T-I at NetApp.com. All right. And Charlotte covers, I guess, SnapMirror Cloud now. Is that right? I cover SnapMirror Cloud, SnapDiff, and other general data protection uh, topics uh, as the technical marketing engineer. Well, it's good. You just happen to be in the right podcast. <laughs> good to magic. know. It's magic. All right. So uh, like I said, today we're going to talk about SnapDiff. And um, if you've not heard of SnapDiff, we're going to explain that to you, uh, you know, what it is. So, so Ling, uh, what's a SnapDiff? Uh, all right. Yeah. SnapDiff uh, at a high level is a differencing engine that generates a list of files between two on-top snapshots. And uh, it is a really uh, core part of uh, on-top. Uh, it provides uh, this uh, differencing for uh, um, our technologies such as SnapMirror to be able to efficiently identify changes and transfer changes from one on top to another. Uh, but from a SnapDiff API perspective, uh, we utilize the same engine to provide this uh, list of changed files efficiently to external uh, API consumers um, through the API. As far as SnapDiff goes, how long have we had that around? Uh, we had SnapDiff for uh, quite a while. We have that uh, since... Um, Seven mode uh, in on top, and um, and uh, I would say at this point probably more than ten years um, we have had this technologies, and over time uh, uh, we have introduced it in uh, C dot cluster on top, and uh, we have gone through different versions. Uh, started off from V one, and uh, uh, we have V two uh, a few years back, and uh, we're introducing v3 version of the api in the upcoming release so you mentioned it was in seven mode when it when we had clustered on tap for the first time was SnapDiff in there from day one or did it eventually arrive in a, in a future release uh SnapDiff, uh, just like many on tap features uh in seven mode it, it is not in the first release of uh, cluster on tap but it is uh introduced uh later uh in one of the later cluster on tap release so we're talking like the eight dot releases is probably when it was released, right? Eight two or eight three. Right, right, yeah. right. 
and so, anything that you might be running today is going to is going to support Snap right? Na- Naturally, yeah. So yeah, I just want to clarify that, and make sure that you know we understand that. You talk about the differentiation engine. Is that a special process that runs inside of ONTAP in the user space, or is it something that is native to the the Waffle subsystems? Well, in in ONTAP, uh, we have the notion of um, D blade, M blade, and M host as different components. And um, Waffle and uh, many of the technologies uh, running on top of Waffle are running as part of uh, the module we call D-Blade. And um, it is uh, essentially in the kernel space um, uh, um, as uh, a module running right on top of uh, Waffle, Waffle layer. So it's it's running a waffle. Is is there associated overhead when we when it's enabled, or is it always on? You know, how do we operate it? Well, um, the snap diff is only used uh, when you need to generate uh, changes between two snapshots. And uh, this difference in engine by default, if you don't need to identify changes, is not enabled, but it's always part of the on tap OS. And uh, when different functionalities uh, are invoked uh, that requires identified changes, uh, then the SnapDiff uh, engine is being invoked. For example, if you run Snap Mirror uh, in ONTAP, underneath the uh, the cover, uh, SnapDiff engine is being invoked to identify changes between two snapshots. And the same uh, for Snap Mirror, SnapDiff API. When you invoke a SnapDiff API, the same engine in ONTAP is being invoked. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so it's going to be like no. session based, right? You'll you would establish a session to to uh, perform those changes, but it's not going to be using any resources unless it actually a session starts to to actually compute those differences. Yeah. So basically, it's it's an on demand thing. Right. Yeah. Right. And it, being it's uh, integrated in ONTAB, uh, it does uh, get integrated uh, uh, in a way that provides a minimum impact to the other workload of the. Uh, in, running inside on top, so it, it knows how to back up. For example, when there's a heavy climb workload and uh, runs as a lower priority. Okay, so, so it's a low priority task and it's opportunistic. So basically, if if we're not doing a lot on the system, we'll perform more snap diff operations, and if we're doing a lot of stuff on the system, we'll back off a bit. That's correct. And what's interesting is that it's also used for SnapMirror because I, I didn't actually know that. I thought we were always just using it as an API. So I would imagine that is what makes SnapMirror performance so good when we're trying to do replication. Right, right. I think SnapDiff is really a core technology that enabled SnapMirror to be uh, very efficient. Yeah, so let's talk about some of those efficiencies. Like how, we're, how are we getting efficiency out of SnapDiff? Yeah, the SnapDiff is really efficient because... Uh, it goes directly to the Waffle file system and look at the metadata between two snapshots and uh, identify the differences. So it knows the Waffle structure such as inode files and can compare the two inode files uh, between two snapshots to know exactly what metadata has changed without going through any client-side uh, IOPS. I would imagine that the impact is going to vary depending on the amount of deltas between the snapshots. You know, is that is that in a safe assumption to make? Well, obviously, yeah, it's a function of uh, the amount of changes. Uh, and the more changes between two snapshots, uh, the more uh, work we have to do to report those changes. Uh, but it, 
setting that aside, uh, it is the most efficient way to identify all the changes between two snapshots. Yeah, I mean, you know, doing a, a metadata comparison is clearly going to be a lot more CPU and time and space efficient compared to like laboriously traversing through directories, subdirectories, millions of files, you know, as, as the amount of data grows, it, it becomes just untenable to do a real full file system walk, right, which is why the snapshot approach is, is the way to go. So you mentioned SnapMirror and you mentioned the, the APIs. Let's kind of dive a little bit more into the APIs. So if I'm a customer, if I'm an end user or a storage administrator, am I able to leverage those APIs myself or is there something else I have to do? Well, generally we provide the API to our partners. So it is really the partners um, such as uh, uh, our backup uh, uh, vendors who would uh, be integrating the SnapDiff API into part of the their applications. So as uh, customers, uh, you don't necessarily directly invoke SnapDiff APIs, but through the partner uh, backup application, you will be invoking SnapDiff API to do efficient backups. I would imagine you can also leverage the SnapDiff API to build catalogs. Yeah, that's true, yes. So backup is the primary use case uh, for SnapDiff. Uh, we uh, we do have uh, some vendors uh, to, to do cataloging of the file system using SnapDiff API integration. And uh, is a way to, again, uh, efficiently finding out what files uh, there are in an on-type volume. And uh, uh, once you find those uh, files, uh, you can catalog them for file analytics or for other use cases. Well, and I mean, the, the biggest use case I would imagine would be the restores, right? So, you know, the important part of backup is the restore. So having a catalog there makes those restores much faster. Okay, yeah. So certainly the there's... The SnapDiff is used for backup um, and uh, to build a, a backup catalog, and that catalog is used for restore. Right. So you touched on SnapDiff having different versions, and I know we started with 1.0, and it was only, I guess, in the last few years we got to version 2.0. What what release of ONTAP did we hit 2.0, and why did we, and what did we include in the 2.0 release? Yeah, so uh, let me start with uh, the first version. So first version is uh, is what we call as uh, SnapDiff V1, and uh, it is uh, based on Zappy, and uh, that's the on-tap API we have had in the past many years. And uh, the API is a pretty simple API to allow you to start a SnapDiff session and uh, then to, to iterate over um, SnapDiff sessions to identify all the changes uh, until the SnapDiff uh, session is, uh, is done. And uh, one of the challenges with uh, Zappy has been that uh, since SnapDiff does report uh, a lot of uh, metadata potentially, and um, in the case uh, of um, large number of changes uh, between two snapshots, uh, the uh, the amount of uh, overhead uh, uh, be going through the API becomes significant. So for that reason, we have uh, introduced um, V2, uh, which is uh, an RPC-based uh, uh, interface to retrieve the changed file list. So the RPC is a proprietary protocol between client-side and um, ONTAP, and uh, for users to use v2 we provide a client-side library 
to communicate with ONTAP for all the required operations. And this provides a much more higher efficiency and performance comparing to V1. Uh, it has a lower impact to the client I.O. because there's no management stack uh, involved uh, to process those um, uh, SnapDiff entries, uh, such as what we do with uh, Zappi processing, and uh, allows us uh, to provide a higher number of uh, SnapDiff sessions. And also along the way in V2, we support Flex Group as well. So. If you need to do snap diff uh, with flex group volume, uh, you would need to use a uh, V2. And um, V2 is being introduced in ONTAP 9.4 uh, and above. Yeah, and that 9.4 release is when we started supporting flex groups for snap diff. So that kind of corresponds with that. So it sounds like you know, snap diff one was leveraging, I guess, the management gateway for the Zappy calls. And snap diff two is more of a direct RPC session into the stack. I would also imagine that takes some pressure off of the management gateway as well, right? Right. That's the main motivation for that. Uh, the amount of uh, data changes uh, uh, could be large, and it does not go through management gateway, and uh, and it goes out directly through RPCs. Yeah. I mean, I guess we don't want to crash the management gateway with snap different requests. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine that happened maybe once or twice. Yeah. So as, as far as version two goes and flex group support, you know, why did we wait till version two? Was it the performance improvements or was it something else? Well, version two is, uh, is the solution to address the Zappy inefficiency and, uh, and the version and, and flex group, uh, as a new feature then is being added to newer versions and, uh, and not to the old versions, uh, as in general, we want to move forward to new versions. Okay. And with the SnapDiv 2.0 and the Flex Group, because the Flex Group can span multiple nodes, I guess that would mean that we have to be able to establish multiple sessions across those nodes? From a Flex Group perspective, the interface is actually the same. From from, um, uh, the API user perspective, it's the same same interface, whether it's a Flex Group or Flex Volume. And uh, um, you don't have to actually establish a multiple session. It will be a single session, and all the complexity uh, is being handled inside ONTAP to provide uh, all the differences uh, between different constitu- constituent members of the Flex group. Right, and I guess I guess that was my point more than you know, not the management piece being multi-threaded, but like the the ability to read snapshots across nodes had to be multi-threaded to approach all the snapshots at once, right? Yeah, internally, we do things uh, efficiently and uh, do things in parallel. But externally, we keep the API simple. Okay. So as far as, you know, SnapDiff and FlexGroup goes, I know that I've run across this question before. People ask, you know, why can't I use my my FlexGroup with SnapDiff with this backup provider? And usually it comes down to they didn't support the proper version of SnapDiff, which is 2.0 or later. Um, so, you know, as far as... That goes. I mean, we have. Do we have the backup providers out there today that are running 2.0 SnapDiff? Yeah, we do have uh, partners um, that have implemented the V2 today, and we also have partners who are in the process of implementing this. So uh, we should be expecting this the V2 to be um, gradually adopted by all the partners to support FlexLoop. 
So with that said, I mean, you know, that while they're implementing V2, we're also moving on to V3 now. Um, and you, you just did a blog on and snapped V3. So could you tell us a little bit more about what V3 brings and why we have a V3 now? Yeah, yeah, right. So V3 is uh, what we plan to introduce in 9.8. And uh, it is built on top of the, the V1 and the V2. Uh, some of the efficiencies we have in V2 with RPC interface that will continue with V3. So, um, so the work to integrate V2 with V2 um, is incremental um, for the V3 integration as well. Overall, for V3, our goal is to provide a complete set of API that help our partners to build uh, an efficient backup solution. And what do I mean by complete set of API? So let me go back to V1 and V2 uh, APIs. So V1 and the V2 APIs provides a way to efficiently generate a list of uh, file changes between two snapshots. However, it does not really offer a way to efficiently move those data or backup those data from on tap to a backup target. Uh, once the data it, uh, changes have been identified, the backup applications still have to traverse the, or go to the file system um, and uh, uh, go through the NFS uh, or, or SIFS uh, interface to read those changes uh, from on tap back to the to the client side and then transfer to the uh, to the backup target. So what we're introducing with V3 is, uh, is not only that uh, the API provides you to an efficient way to identify the changed files, but also being able to efficiently backup the data directly from on tap to your backup target at, uh, and uh, backup in a way that uh, preserve all the efficiency in on tap and minimize the uh, the impact to the on-tap workload. So that's the uh, at a high level why we're introducing uh, V3 and uh, and uh, what the V3 is about. And from a uh, from a, for V3 from a customer perspective, this really provides uh, uh, the efficiency in three key areas. One is the efficiency; it's going to have the same efficiency that we had in on-tap. Uh, Snapmere uh, and uh, being able to efficiently move data in block level incremental fashion and uh, and move the data with all the storage efficiency preserved. And the other key benefit we're introducing is uh, is the uh, ability to move data to cloud target, and that is uh, uh, we now with uh, V3 you can replicate the data, not just uh, uh, from on top to on top, but you can replicate data directly from on top to any cloud target or S3 compatible target on-prem or, or in the public cloud. Um, and, uh, and third is the security. It's gonna be able to move data in a very secure fashion and preserve the end-to-end -end data encryption during the data transfer as well as uh, when data is at the rest. That's cool. So we're keeping storage efficiencies. We're keeping the, I guess, the NVE keys, like the, the net volume encryption keys as well for the security. Well, the data is uh, stored encrypted in uh, in on-top volumes. And uh, when we back that up, uh, we're going to uh, 
backup data through encrypted channel um, to the target. And once the data arrived at target uh, in the bucket, it's going to be encrypted in the bucket uh, with uh, the bucket level encryption. Oh, okay. So encryption at the source and then encryption over TLS 1.2, I would imagine, to the destination. And then the destination has its own unique encryption. Yes. Got it. So Charlotte, you know, you're covering Snap Mirror Cloud. Can you kind of give a little more insight into what sort of customers are looking at doing this sort of uh, backup and, you know, why they'd be interested in it? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the, the typical backup legacy architecture using NDMP, some kind of tape infrastructure, you know, it's very cumbersome, it's time-consuming, it's not reliable, I, I mean... I don't think I've spoken to a single customer who who loves this, right? They 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 would love to find something more more modern, more 2.0, more efficient, and so on. So, yeah, we're definitely targeting into that area to um, free them from that kind of mechanical tape infrastructure to utilize the the flexibility and scalability and pay as you grow of of object storage, um, and and just to give them a, a platform which is uh, more efficient. It's it's a lower cost per terabyte. And um, you know, let let them scale into the future. So yeah, so um, definitely for that, um, you know, both operational backup uh, could also be very long term archives. You know, the ability just to put something away, being able to get it for seven years, get it back at that time, and not have to think, oh my god, how do we even power on that tape drive? <laughs> Does anyone know where the power cord is? Kind of thing. So um, yeah, yeah, definitely, it's it's a more modern, flexible, performance uh, way of doing things. Yeah, what's what's interesting about SnapMirror Cloud is you could be serving data through like a NAS volume, right? So NFS or SMB, and then you snap mirror it to cloud or S3, and now you can serve that data through object. So if you're if you're using images, right? If you're writing images and creating images to a volume, you can then snap mirror it off to a destination, and then whatever application needs to view those images can do that. Yeah, well, we've designed the format in that way to uh, allow direct access. Um, off the bucket and so we'll have that capability Uh, but the other kind of cool thing is because the endpoint isn't an on-tap system as it is in traditional snap mirror that snapshot encapsulates all the metadata put into an object format but it's no longer tied back to that original on-tap system in the same way that snap mirror was so you can literally just spin up a new say cloud volumes on tap instance point it to your bucket and pull data off and you're ready to go. If you want to spin up something for dev test or you want to do a DR test or you want to migrate data somewhere else, you know, you've got so much flexibility in the, t- in, in the way that these snapshots are now essentially little self-contained encapsulated entities um, that have so much more mobility and, you know, movement across the data fabric. Do these destination cloud or, or S3 buckets, are they read only as, you know, like a normal snap mirror destination? Yep, yep. It's it's uh, read only. So yeah, you could you could either potentially read it off the bucket, or you can restore it back. But it's you should consider it as an immutable backup. I mean, this is your backup, right? It's a snapshot. It's it's locked. Uh, you can't go in in there and tamper it, tamper with it. Yeah, and I mean that's and really that's a good thing, right? For especially for some use cases. Right. So if so, well, I'm thinking in use cases of like uh, medical imaging. Right. So we have medical imaging that gets written to an SMB share. You know, whether it's X-rays or you know documentation and then remote sites can have that data snap mirror to them. So remote doctor's offices or remote hospitals. And then when doctors need to pull up those images, they have a local copy of that and it's read only. 
So it's protected from things like ransomware. Absolutely. And, and even, you know, you think of the, the, that, that medical case. I mean, maybe years later, someone represents with a different medical condition. And then you want to be able to go back to their images that you, or their test results that you collected from, you know, eight or 10 years ago and compare them. I mean, the fact that you know that it's going to be there, it's going to be easily accessible. Every snapshot, it can be retrieved in the same amount of time as whether it was yesterday's or it was six years ago, if you've set your retention period correct. You know, this, this is pretty revolutionary stuff and um, definitely ties well into that medical imaging field as, as well as a number of other use cases. Yeah. And I would imagine like with, uh, with patient portals, right. So you can be, you can access your own information and it can leverage these archives through APIs to, to the S3 buckets. Yeah. Well, you know, and a lot of this is going to be application driven, right? I mean, we at NetApp, I think we, we pride ourselves on creating excellent plumbing. It's, it's reliable, it's scalable, it's, it's bulletproof. And then we want to turn that over as we've done with the, the snap SnapMirror cloud, um, you know, to those application providers to say, Hey, build those interfaces that, that meet these industry vertical or industry horizontal use cases. So what does this sort of backup methodology do to something like, I don't know, tape? <laughs> like, does this kind of act as almost like a replacement for tape? Because now we can go to cloud and we can access objects very easily without having to use robotic arms. Yeah, I think uh, uh, we for NetApp, we really envision this is uh, the future of the backup. And... Um, and um, the cloud, uh, whether it's a on-prem object store or public cloud, will be the direction for uh, as the backup target, replacing tape in the future. And um, with uh, SnapDiff, uh, V3, and SnapMirror Cloud, we provide the, the API to be able to build a backup solution that can really efficiently backing up uh, to the cloud target of your choice which uh, would eliminate your need to use tape as your um, backup media. So Charlotte, Ling mentioned cloud of your choice. Does that mean every cloud is supported or only certain cloud providers are supported? Yeah, well, you know, it's a, it's a, a rollout schedule. So in the 9.8 timeframe, we've initially qualified, uh, you know, Google Cloud, Microsoft Azure, and AWS S3, as well as our own storage grid for the on-prem or hybrid cloud use case. Uh, but, you know, under the covers, it's, it's basically using native S3 calls. So, uh, you know, we'll certainly look to expand out those, those cloud-supported targets uh, going forward. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of qualification and, and, yeah, just doing the testing and making sure there's no particular anomalies in, a, in another particular vendor's implementation. But, you know, we've, we've done a lot more internal testing on a number of different um, object stores from, from different uh, providers. And, yeah, we'll, we'll roll them out as, as we see the need or as, as customers ask for it. So with the initial release, I know the Fabric Pool, they did this. Basically, they had some qualified you know, S3 providers, but eventually they lifted the, the requirements and you could basically use any S3 because S3 is S3. Just know that we didn't qualify it. Is that something that applies to the current release of SnapMirror Cloud or is there a strict qualification requirement there? It's a qualification requirement right now and there's, there's um, you know, code checks and so on to make sure that you configure your object store to a supported environment. Uh, but, you know, well, I think your, your point about the, uh, the fabric tools is, is probably a good one, right? I mean, we, we start off and we're fairly kind of constricted on it. And then over time, we, we would loosen that up. So, yeah, that's, that's hopefully we'll see something similar with uh, the SnapMirror Cloud. So, Charlotte, you know, are there any other limitations to SnapMirror Cloud that we need to be aware of? Uh, 
I mean, yeah, there are some some uh, restrictions around particular on-site features, you know, coexistence supported, and we'll have those fully documented uh, in the 9.8 release. Uh, but clearly, we've got all the ones that we say we don't support, they're all on a list and, and we're, we're going to knock them off and, and, you know, we'll make sure there's full support. Again, like any new feature, you create your, you know, your, your viable product and you say, okay, we're going to support flex folds and we're going to support backup of, of primary or production on tap environments or from a snap mirror target into the cloud as well. And then we'll keep expanding out those use cases to to more on-tap features as, as we go forward in future on-tap releases. You know, the good thing is the it's all integrated into on-tap so that the work to be done there is all, you know, on NetApp. Uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll get those knocked off as, as time goes by. So basically, I should just read the docs. <laughs> well, one, one could always do that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Anything else I need to know about SnapMirror Cloud or any other use cases you want to cover? I think what's going to be interesting is is seeing what the particular backup partners kind of do with this technology, right? I mean, as I said, we've provided a pretty powerful general purpose set of APIs to create data protection relationships to provide different kinds of restores. And what's been interesting, and I'm sure Ling would agree with me, is as we've talked with the, the various backup partners, and they've said, oh, well, what about if we could do this? Or, you know, maybe that's integrating with some kind of analytics package or some other kind of security, uh, you know, uh, capability that they have. And it's really been a kind of very cool meeting of minds, right, to try and figure out, okay, what can we do with this sort of basic, you know, core on tap capability? And then to really make it expand into, into different cases. So I think that's going to be the fascinating thing, right, to see um, – what what the, the both the outer presentation layer looks like, maybe in terms of how the catalog is managed or what kind of search capabilities you have, as well as just taking it into the future. You know, we I guess we feel like we've we've created this baby and then we, we want to see what it grows up into, you know, in cooperation with our with our partners that we've forged these relationships with. Yeah, and uh, I would just add that at this point, we're working with a, a number of uh, backup partners uh, to integrate the SnapDiv V3 and the SnapMirror cloud technology. And uh, there's a, a lot of uh, interest in the partner communities, and uh, we're pushing forward very aggressively to uh, get the, the integration released uh, at the 9.8 or post 9.8 timeframe. So if I wanted to find more information about SnapMirror Cloud, Charlotte, where would I find that? And are there any insight sessions I can review? There sure are. So uh, first of all, yeah, I mean, because it's a 9.8 feature, so we've just started to introduce some of the information, you know, in, in a podcast like this um, at Insight. And uh, there's the blog on, on blog.netapp.com that, uh, that Ling mentioned. Uh, so what we're doing is we, we have the blog. We're starting to Put into the blog information about partners who are ready to kind of go public on their their capabilities to integrate the APIs. Uh, you will see uh, some sessions at Insight, uh, both kind of like presentation session as well as some demos. You know, like early code that the partners have got together. So basically, if you kind of search on SnapMirror Cloud uh, in Insight catalog, you'll find a number of sessions there where we'll have not only just kind of talking about the capability, but also some, some live demos there. Code. Yeah, I think uh, overall, yeah, we're very excited about uh, the overall SnapDiv V3 and uh, SnapMirror Cloud uh, release in 9.8. And uh, uh, 
uh, we feel this uh, really addressed the, the challenges that the companies are facing with uh, backup um, problems. And uh, we look forward to bringing this uh, to the market. All right. Excellent. All right, Ling, uh, if we wanted to reach you, how do we do that? Well, again, yeah, you can reach me by my email ID, L-I-N-G at netapp.com. And Charlotte. Yep, I'm L-O-T-T-I at netapp.com or on Twitter at S-H-A-L-L-O-T underscore B on Twitter. All right, excellent. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or by techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Lin Jang and Charlotte Brooks for joining me today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.